And the subject we're going to consider together is entitled, A Good Name. We are not going to consider the Yahweh name, great and holy as it is, for that, as we all appreciate, is a subject on its own right. And we know that it is indeed great and holy. But we're going to look at a good name as regards ourselves. Do we want one? Have we got one? And of course, it's all in relation to God. Not how the world sees us, but how God sees us. For that's what matters. Proverbs 22 reads, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favour rather than silver and gold. So we know what we've got to aim for. The Bible, of course, is talking of a good name in the sight of God. And that's the point, a good name in the sight of God. And loving favour of God. That's what we all want, brethren and sisters. And we put this before worldly things. A name can be good or bad. It can be of a good person or a bad person, of a good thing or a bad thing. In our first reading today, we, in fact from Leviticus, we read of Nadab and Abihu. Now, they didn't have a good name <coughs> because they offered what is termed strange fire before the Lord. In other words, they went completely contrary to what God required. And of course, they were destroyed. And perhaps there is a warning for us and why we should never get a bad name in the sight of God. And then, of course, there are good things. And we have read in the Second of Corinthians about the Apostle Paul. He was grieved because he'd been to Corinth and he'd told them the things that they were doing wrong. And he had told them that they should put matters right with God. And also, was he telling the Corinthians about that man who had committed, committed incest that they should forgive him and had they forgiven him? It's one of those two things that the Apostle Paul was talking about. But a good name that we really want is one that is found in the Holy Scriptures. For example, the first of Peter, there's no need to turn to it, the first of Peter we read, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness unto his marvellous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. And so, it is obviously a good name to be called the people of God. And we profess that because we call ourselves Christians or Christadelphians. Abraham was called the friend of God. Moses was called the servant of the Lord. Daniel was called 
a man greatly beloved. And so many more we could mention. So what good names? Ones which we all aspire to. Yes, we want to be well thought of in the sight of God. And that's what we should be trying to get. It is in this sense that a good name is to be chosen rather than silver and gold or great riches. So we should know where our priorities lie. We have, we have uh, read from Psalm 22 verse 1 just previously and we will look at it again. Proverbs 22 reads, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favour of God rather than silver and gold. So we have a standard. Speaking in the same train of thought, the same writer said, A good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death rather than the day of one's birth. In these verses we are instructed that a good name is more precious than any riches or ointment and that loving favour of the Father can be ours by obtaining a good name. If this latter is accomplished, then the day of death is indeed better than the day of one's birth. All trials will be over and we will wait for God to give us that blessing of eternal life in his kingdom. We shall see how true this is as we proceed. What then is meant by a good name? Our use today of names is largely, as it were, for a label of convenience so we know who we're talking to, we know who we are. Names have meanings and functions. For example, brethren and sisters, it means unity. So when we call ourselves brethren and sisters, we do so in unity of the faith which we hold. So names have meanings and functions, but they also denote who and what we are. There is a saying which says, says, wherever we go, we shall take ourselves with us. Now, what that simply means is that wherever we go, we should be true to ourselves, to our characters, to our beliefs, to our lives. So these names are given to us by a superior, usually our parents. But we have to talk of a good name from our Father in heaven. We want to have our names written in heaven in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we can only get this by good works and by God's grace. Now in the Bible, names were used with much more significance than today to describe and to explain. In the beginning, God created man, inclusive of course of Eve, a word which comes from the same root as Adam, red earth. God a superior in every respect, made man of the dust, and so gave him a name to describe his estate, man. And it's noticeable that that hasn't been changed right from the beginning. Man is still called man. Likewise, God gave names to the animals through Adam, their superior, 
and through institution named marriage, or which means again union, declared his purpose with Christ and his bride. In Genesis chapter 2, again, there's no need to turn to this. Genesis chapter 2, we read the following words of those things we have been speaking of. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, we read... And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him or appropriate for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And what Sir Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So again, it's for identification and for knowing who was who and what was what. And Adam gave names to all cattle and the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an help appropriate for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, another name, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So names in the Bible are given to define objects, and people and special types in relation to this purpose. And what we mean by types is this. In Genesis 17 in verse 5 we read, when um, uh, Abraham was uh, talking with God, and we are told, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham. See, it's name again. It defines things. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. The name Abraham tells us of God's declared will to make of Abraham a great multitude of men and women. So there's a lot in his name. Yes, to make many women of all nations to inherit a blessing in the promised seed that was given to him in the beginning. And this is further described to Sarai, whose name was changed in conjunction with God's purpose. And we read the following. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Well, why was that? Because I will bless her and give thee a son of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. So there's a significance of why her name was changed. 
Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? And Abraham said unto God, O that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. So we see then what is involved in a name. She was to be the mother of many nations and that was to be of course through Isaac, her son. And we know that the seed of Isaac is the promised seed. So God's promise did come to pass through and through Isaac, Jacob was born. Now there is one incident in Jacob's life that tells us of his mind and is of great interest to us. When Esau was pursuing him with vengeance in his heart. And perhaps we can turn to this one, Genesis 32, and see what that has to tell us. Genesis 32 and read verses 9 to 12. Remember, Esau was coming and he threatened to destroy, kill Jacob and all his wife and his children and destroy his cattle or take them to himself. And we read the following, 32 of Genesis verses 9 to 12. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, the God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said to me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies, and of all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And thou saidst, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So, in Jacob, there was a promise of a promised seed, a great seed, which would form the basis of God's purpose. We notice that despite his fears at that time, Jacob believed in God's word and promises, and he humbled himself and sought God in prayer. And surely that's something else for us to consider. After this, a short while later, alone, he wrestled with the man, in fact, an angel of the Lord, until the breaking of day. And at that time, he was blessed. And we read these words. And the angel said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, a name that comprehends the purpose of God. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Israel, as a nation, were required to display the same mind as Jacob. They were to trust in God and in his promises. So the name Israel comprehends the purpose of God as 
a prince with God, a people which are chosen by God, and the characteristics desired of all God's people. It is also has a, it also has a spiritual meaning which involves all nations being blessed in Jesus Christ. So Israel doesn't just apply to those days, but to us as well. And it's called the Israel of God. And that's what we belong to. And so we could go on and on with such examples. And Israel is a name with which we wish to be associated with. Yes, it's all about names. What we call ourselves and what we are in the sight of God. The most honourable and good name, of course, that we can possibly consider in conjunction with God's purpose and in relation to these promises is, of course, Jesus Christ. His name tells us of his character and his work and brings us to the personal note of our subject, that is, to the obtaining of a good name. We are in Christ and we have, therefore, a good name. If we are true followers of Christ, we cannot have anything else but a good name. At the, of the birth of Jesus it is written, And she shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. So if we have a good name, we will be amongst those who shall be saved from their sins. Jesus was born to be a saviour for his people. Note that, his people. Not universal, but for his people. And this he accomplished by a life of perfect obedience to his Father, even to the death upon the cross. In order for any man to save another from sin, from its bondage, it must be conquered. And, and its consequence, which of course is death. Jesus was a conqueror of sin, and therefore, by the grace of God, he was a conqueror of death. And death was overcome by resurrection from the dead. Now all of this is implied by the name Jesus, Saviour, and further strengthened by the addition of the name, the Christ, the anointed of God to be saviour of the world. We know how that particularly in the past, anointing was to show that they had been accepted by God. Many of the kings of Israel were anointed and that showed God's acceptance. And even more so in the case of Christ, the Christ, the anointed of God to be the saviour of the world. Peter tells us of Jesus who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So what does that mean to us, brethren and sisters? Jesus has died for us and God raised him from the dead for us that we should have hope of eternal life and that we should live unto righteousness. 
Now we know that righteousness belongs to God. It doesn't belong to anybody else. He gives righteousness. And that's what we must try to do because we have a name upon us. We are named brethren and sisters of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a name we often speak about, but sometimes, surely we must think deeply about it and think of the responsibility, what it means. It isn't just a name, it's what that name implies. We are privileged to be called his people in the fullest sense of the phrase. Therefore, the name of Jesus to which we are associated affects us in our lives. We have read that we should live unto righteousness. This is because that through baptism we have put on the good name of Jesus Christ. Yes, we put on the name of Christ. We cannot put on Jesus literally, but all that his name reveals and stands for, we can own, we can defend, and we can honour. The good name of Jesus Christ is ours. <clears throat> we belong to the multitudinous Christ, as foretold to Abraham, to Sarah, to Isaac, to Jacob, or to the Israel of God. All these are good names, and we are related to them through Jesus Christ our Lord. We call our small community the Christadelphians, brethren of Christ. Our label, if you want to put it like that, it defines us. And so that distinguishes us, that distinguishes rather the truth we hold from the lies and the things wherein there is no profit which the church established teaches us. That good name, if lived to the full, is worth more than great riches, for it relates us to the truth revealed in those promises of God and ratified, made sure in Jesus. At our baptism, we were baptised into the name of the Father, and what an honour that is if you think about it, and of Jesus and of the Holy Spirit, and into the Father and the Son relationship, and to the comfort of God's power, not a person, the Holy Spirit, not a, uh, 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 is God's power, being with us through prayer and through angels encamping about us, and his word of truth, all inseparable from the name. Peter tells us, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The apostle, of course, was speaking of Jesus. God's name was in Jesus, as a son bears his father's name and mannerisms. Paul instructs us that he was the express image of God's person. And to Philip's inquiry, show us the father, Jesus said, he that hath seen me, have seen the Father. And of course, we know full well what that means. He that has seen me has seen the Father. He has seen the character. He has seen the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the results of that are given to us in John, where he says those wonderful words when talking to his disciples. He then diverts and says, neither pray out for these alone, 
but for them which also shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Yes, one name. In them, I in them, thou in me, that they may, may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and loved them as thou hast loved me. Well, what wonderful thoughts. That glorious name of Jesus Christ comprehends the whole purpose of God. And we're thinking more particularly of our own part in that name. We bear part of that name, a part of God's name, which in Christ reveals his person. Of love, of mercy, of kindness, of patience, and all things good. It almost seems impossible for us to do these things perfectly. Is our behaviour compatible with that name? Remember, the name reveals the attributes and the characteristics of God and of Christ, which we have taken upon ourselves. The name is an association with the person who owns it. Do we have a good name in the sight of God? In marriage, the woman takes the man's name upon her. If either do wrong, the act is reflected on the other. If we do live the truth, we shall have a good name in more ways than one. It is written of some that they were well reported of among the brethren. Now that doesn't mean in the wrong sense that, that they were praising, but it just means that it was recognised that these brethren and sisters were trying to live the truth. They were trying to live the name which they bear. And that standard should be our aim, and it will be true of those who are sincerely in Christ. To the Ephesian Ecclesia in Revelation, Jesus said, And hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast laboured, and hast not fainted. So the name of Jesus, so for the name of Jesus rather, we ourselves labour, that we might, might be like him, to be associated with him, both now and in the future. Of others it is written, Thou hast a name that thou livest, and art dead. That's not us, brethren and sisters, surely. Be watchful, and strengthen the things that remain, that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. And that warning can apply to us, unless we are watchful, for the flesh is weak, and it's cunning, and it's crafty. And we don't need any reminding of that, brethren and sisters. But also, we don't need any reminding that God is there to help us through Jesus Christ, and of all those other faithful ones found written in the Holy Scriptures. Labouring and watching in the truth is the duty of all Christians. This is another good name which we hold. We read in the Acts that the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. The disciples were called Christians by their actions 
they justified the name. They could see that they were different, that they lived lives of uprightness and honesty and lives wherein they praised God. God was the centre of what they did. So any who do not hold the name, the same doctrines and practices, and practice the same faith as they did, have no right to that title. For in effect, it is taking the name of Christ upon themselves. Only those whose names are written in heaven can rejoice in this name. As for labouring in the Lord, we can think of Tabitha, of all the good work she did, and she was remembered when she died. Many sorrowed because of the good works that she did. She had a good name amongst the brethren and sisters for what she did. So she was a sister who was doing good. Even after her death, the testimony of her works remained, even as it does to all God's worthy saints, preserved for us to consider for for us to consider for contrast we can think of one called Diotrephes who we are told loves to have the preeminence among them and receiveth not the brethren what a man that is in contrast Demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself yea and we also bear record so that's something rather that we want to choose to follow. And Peter gives much advice to those in Christ. He tells us in his epistles of how we should live. And all of us want our names to be associated with the good things which are written right throughout the scriptures. Yes, good things. And James tells us of yet another good name. Abraham, we are told, believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. A friend of God? Can we bear that name? Is it a name we can take upon ourselves? Is it the label that's hung upon us? What a title to work for, brethren and sisters. Paul tells us to follow after righteousness Godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. He addresses his word to, but thou, O man of God. Is that us? Are we brethren and sisters of God? These titles and names that we have considered all can belong to us and each is worth more than all riches. But they have to be worked for in belief and good works. Perhaps a good name in this connection is given by Paul when he talks of somebody that we don't hear much about, but it's so important. He says in Romans, Salute Urban, our helper in Christ. Well, that's not much of a name, is it? A helper, but surely it is a helper in Christ. And we all need help from each other and to give help to each other. And we need help from God to guide us through the ever-changing scenes of life in trouble and in joy. Brethren and sisters, we have each one a good name. We are put on the name of Jesus in baptism. We are Christadelphians. We are Christians, brothers and sisters of our Lord. We are the friends of God. 
We are men of God. We are God's people. We are helpers in Christ. And we, as we say, we are God's people. Now, that will be the result of having a good name to be in the kingdom. And there is a, the contrast. If we have, so, and rather, there is the contrast. If we have a good name, we will also obtain riches, honour and life in the godly sense. It is worth striving for. One of our hymns tells us of those who are in Christ and is of great value to us concerning a good name with which and with these words we will conclude it's the hymn that we sung just before we started our remarks and so we're finished with these words but just think about them carefully and think about all the things we have spoken of the names of all the saints he bears, yes, your name, my name. The names of all the saints he bears, engraven on his heart, nor shall the humblest saint complain that he has lost his part. These characters shall firm remain our everlasting trust when gems and monuments and crowns have mouldered into dust. And that can be us if we have a good name. <laughs>